was going to be flipped upside down very quickly. Unfortunately, I was not part of the lucky bunch that had the extraordinary opportunity, so I heard, to go to Urban Surf. I was part of the jumble of about a dozen or so kids that drove up on a bus to meet the Urban Surf people. Both groups of us spent the night together in a church in Atlanta. The night consisted of games, laughter, reunions, etc. Typical churchy stuff. What, most mem what was most memorable for me, though, was the tears. Let's just say I was basically dehydrated after the amount of tears I shed. My tears were onset by these people who little by little gave away bits and pieces of themselves to the group. The Urban Surf kids all shared testimonies that were tear-jerking tear about their week. Their stories and recollections flipped a switch inside of me that jump-started my week. I was excited and inspired to grow deeper in my spirituality as they had formerly done. I feel I was so deeply affected by their words because I longed for the experiences and pleasures they were blessed to have all week. After, the night, after that night, we moved on to Montreal. The waterworks kept on coming throughout our whole trip. Though through nights like the one I just shared, I personally found myself forming a bond to my peers that was truly and is truly unexplicable. Through laughing together or crying together, somehow in the jumble of the chaos, God brought our youth group extremely close. As we parted ways with newly met friends or old companions from Montreal, we had the only people we truly needed right by our sides. Before the trip, I would occasionally go to youth group with my older sister when I didn't have soccer practice and life permitted. I'd mostly cling to her, branching out some, but not truly letting myself go and make the bonds I possess now. I felt as if there were a barrier or wall I needed to break through to get to the others, but I had not figured out exactly how. Montreat, Montreat, and of course God's love and unity is how. The people I've been talking about are all around us in this room right now. And to me, and in my heart, they are not just generalized as people anymore, but they are my friends. They are my family. I'm so happy I've reformed our relationships into something unforgettable. Thank you to all who donated and even prayed over our youth because you have sparked something new inside each and every one of us who had the chance to take a summer trip. Thank you very much for your time. God bless. Hey, I'm Kevin Deems, and I'm a senior this year, and uh, I'm going to be talking about Montreat as well. I have been four times, so I definitely feel like a pro, but um, parts of this year were particularly challenging and inspiring for me, <clears throat> because instead of it being only a social experiment for myself, it was a challenge from God. <clears throat> This was the first year I spent a good amount of time thinking to myself, kind of being alone and just talking to God, <coughs> sorry, <clears throat> about what God really wanted me to do. And most people, if they give him the chance, they really are allowed to feel the spirit inside of them. So this is what I did. The challenge was for me to look outside of myself, outside of myself, often teens now, we we just think inside ourselves, don't really think about what the world can do for, uh, about what the world can do for us, but not what we can do for others. And so I tried to 
to do the opposite. And, uh, um, sorry. <laughs> Instead, God drove me to think about how I can help others. So, um, uh, this started me on a journey. And it really started, uh, I went to Urban Serve, but that was a great trip. But this is, this started on the bus ride from Atlanta to Montreat in North Carolina. I had never really talked to Lauren Brown before, and I just went up to her and asked her what movie she was watching. We talked for a bit until I unfortunately thought she was ready to end the conversation. She was. <laughs> Over the week, our relationship grew. I hung out with her and Amy Dunn, and we made others believe that we were all related, brothers and sisters, and they believed it, so that was pretty funny. But, um, so... The reason I chose this for my speech is because of a mission we had to do for the week. This was to share and bond with a randomly chosen person in the Montreat group and uh, so we could grow spiritually with them. We got no say in whom or how we could choose uh, the partner, a prayer partner, as they were called. And so I knew that this was definitely God's work because no one had the choice of who could... Uh, who you could choose. I had Parker McHenry, and I prayed for him during the week and uh, hung out with him. But that isn't what hit me, because we have been very good friends for a long time. What hit me was that God had given Lauren my name on a piece of paper. And I had mostly made the first attempts to start talking to her and hang out. So it wasn't just because she had the paper that she, want, that she had to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> when you build a bond like this with someone, it's more than a friendship because she had to, sorry, <laughs> because she gives me the gold and I strive to be as happy as her and joyous as her all the time. And it gives me the, I'm sorry, it's very small today. <laughs> uh, and I had felt like it was a great sense of satisfaction because no one had known what the prayer partner was, so you would share at the end of the week. And so as soon as she told me, I, I broke down into tears. And I knew without a doubt in my mind that God had been in her that week. And she was there for me. And I realized that everyone gets a moment in their life where they they can get in a moment in their life where God shows themselves in a way that you can never believe that he's not there, without a doubt in your mind that he's there. And this was this trip this year. And out of the four Montreal trips, this was the most impactful for me. And what I learned from the week was that the Lord often commissions us in wonderful, wonderful and mysterious ways. The mission is different for each one of us, and I know that all now, that all we have to do is listen. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> I'm Rachel Mallett, and I will be going into my junior year in one day, so that's exciting. As a high school leader, I, of course, have a different perspective on the trip to Stetson than the middle schoolers do. 
but I do think I will be able to share with all of you what this trip does for that group of students. At a camp like Student Life, the worship they're engaging in every night is unlike what many of them have experienced before or on a regular basis. It's a new way to connect with God without the complications of life holding them back. They're able to escape whatever drama or stress they're consumed in and zero in on how their faith plays a part in their lives. Not only do they escape this stress through emotional or enlightening encounters with God, but they had the chance to let loose and maybe play a game of, I don't know, tackle ultimate frisbee or mud wrestling. But I do have to be honest here when I say that I was by far the best at anything athletic we did that week. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not sure it was fair for those poor seventh graders to have to play against me. Aside from showing off my athletic prowess, this trip was a fantastic opportunity to push myself and my faith. I was forced to face head-on what I needed to work on in order to lead small groups with the girls, because I couldn't do that fully without God in the forefront of my heart. Each night, worship struck me in a different way than when I'm solely a student. I wanted to be a person used by God to reach others because that's what I want to do with my life as a minister. And that meant I needed to be more real with myself, God, and the youth group. We are each broken vessels constantly being used to connect with others. As unique individuals selected due to our experiences, personalities, and personal struggles, God gives us the wisdom and tools to do his works. That is what stuck with me as I attempted to get my group to want to know Christ more deeply. One of the greatest moments of the trip was the time I was able to spend with one of the girls talking to her about what a life with Christ actually means and how there is a God wanting nothing more than to carry her burdens and love her beyond what she can fathom. Building a foundation with Christ at this age can give them so much more strength as they get older and make the transition to high school where their faith will be tested. It's a great trip for them to feel more connected to the youth group, which will grow into an unbelievable backbone in their lives. At the mission site, I would think that the high school leaders had similar experiences as the middle schoolers did. Honestly, though, I think part of the reason I enjoyed it so much was because my mind works in a similar way as a seven-year-old's, with my fascination with bubbles and my supernatural ability to make messes whenever the possibility presents itself. Each day we spent time with crazy, kind-hearted children that taught us how to love and were just so joyous about receiving it from our students. It's not about coming in and helping or fixing people but forming relationships with children of God from different places, economic backgrounds, and experiences in life and in the church. It was so much fun to meet everyone at the Boys and Girls Club we went to, and we know that experience left an imprint on us. We can only hope that they felt Christ in those three days as well. I've loved watching those interactions and being with these middle schoolers as they grew with Christ. I know I've gained so much from just being present to answer their questions and hear each of their stories and thoughts. I'm so excited to see how each of them encounter God on more trips and time spent with one another within the youth group. As a leader, this was a special time for me to build upon my growth that I would experience on the other three trips this summer. It was a summer I will never forget, and this trip was a tremendous start to that. I have you to thank for all of your ongoing prayers, donations, and time given to this youth group. We have something special here, and a huge thanks to all of you for being a part of it. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, My name is Ricky, and I'm a junior at Pineview School. So some of you, some of you may have seen me last week in the traditional service, and I was talking about my trip to Nicaragua. And this week, I have the pleasure of sharing with you my experience at Urban Serve. 
So this was my first year going to Urban Serve, and the only reason I went was because it was so highly promoted last year, and everyone had such a great time. But um, just hearing people talk about it did not give the trip justice at all. We spent the week volunteering at a church called Redemption, and it was so awesome spending the day with these kids and being able to love on them because most of them probably weren't at home. Um, the theme this year was set apart, and they kept on reminding us of a verse, and it was 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And it stated, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into this wonderful light. Um, I think a lot of this week was dedicated to realizing that we've all been trapped in the darkness, and we've all been saved, and we're all loved from the top of our heads to the tip of our toes, even the children at Redemption. During Urban Stove, we were challenged to basically devote our whole lives to God and to set apart ourselves to Him. I slowly began to pull away from the people and the things that distracted me, and doing this can make you feel lost, and it can make you feel like you have no one to go to. However, it was during this time that I began to spend quality time with God, and I allowed Him to mold me into a disciple that He wants me to be. He sets us apart so that when we're faced with temptations, we know to remember Him and all that He sacrificed for us. He set me apart for a special reason, and he introduced the children we helped and the people, some of the people from the church into my life to help me grow and prosper in the plans he has for me. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 11 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Urban Serve showed me God in a way that I'd never seen him before. I saw him as a loving God. He will never harm you. He will always love you. And this was such an amazing trip, and I wish that I could go on and on about how much it had impacted me. You truly feel his presence everywhere in places like these. Thank you to all who made it possible for our youth group to travel here this year. It means the world to me, and I cannot thank you all enough. Good morning. My name is Avery Long, and I'm going to be a sophomore at Riverview High School tomorrow. I am here today to tell you all about my incredible journey to Madagalpa, Nicaragua this summer. Over the years, I've heard more than enough stories about Nicaragua, especially from my brother Connor, to have an idea of how amazing it was, but nothing compares to the experience firsthand. The journey started off at 6 in the morning on a bus to Miami filled with mostly sleeping students, except for me. I was far too anxious for sleep. As we landed in the airport of Managua, we saw the smiling faces of all the Nikas waiting for us and cheering. Even though I didn't know any of them, they all enveloped us in an enormous hug. On the bus ride to the Vita Hoven camp named La Finca, I met a man named Chema. Chema had been my brother's homestay for the past two years, and even though Chema speaks no English and Connor no Spanish, the two were somehow best friends. Chema and I immediately had a similar connection while he taught me the Nicaraguan national anthem. I didn't pick up speaking or singing in Spanish too well. I didn't think I had ever um, felt that welcomed in a group of people that before. The next night, we got to see a closer look into the daily lives of the Nicaraguan people during our homestays. I was paired with Connor, and surprise, we got Chema. Chema lived in, by American standards, a very poor home. The words he used as he opened up the door for me and Connor to come inside were, Mi casa es su casa, my house is your house. He more than lived up to that statement when he gave up his bed for me and my brother to sleep in. Chema and his entire family made great sacrifices and showed extreme humbleness in everything they did. When it was time for us to return back to the camp the next day, I realized that the household was not poor, yet very rich in love and happiness and God's grace. Throughout the rest of the week, we continued working with the Nikas on an extra room for one of the Vita Hoven leaders named Yunette. 
Yannette lived in a small house with several siblings who all had children of their own, so as you can imagine, it was very cramped. By the third day on the work site, we'd all become extremely close, and unfortunately, I didn't get to experience two days on the work site because I got sick. At the time, I thought getting sick was a curse, but I later discovered it was a blessing. It showed not only me, but our group, a sense of dependency and community that the Nicaraguan people possessed. And it also taught us what medicines would be good to give to Carly, Ricky, and Allison when the same thing happened to them a couple days later. <laughs> the Nicaraguan people taught us so many lessons this week, whether that be humbleness, dependency, community, hospitality, or unconditional love. Our eyes have been truly open to what God's love really means and what it can do. Our de definitions of wealth and family were unlearned and relearned. Going to Nicaragua taught me to be thankful for all the simple blessings that we have. Everyone always asked me, why are you going to Nicaragua? What will you be doing there? Oh, mission work, you're really helping them. The truth about Nicaragua is that none of the people need our help. We didn't go to perform acts of charity or to feel good about ourselves. We went to build relationships with the people and learn the love of Christ and spread that love all around the country. After getting to share this experience with my youth group, I'm more than excited to do the same thing next summer. Thank you for helping us through every step of the way, on every journey we take, through prayers, ties, and kind words. Good morning. I'm Bill Mallett, and I'm a senior. <laughs> you guys fill in the blanks. <clears throat> um, so I'm a volunteer youth leader with the high school group. And what I want to ask you guys at the beginning is how many people look at summer as a season of change? Raise your hand. Not many, right? If I said spring, everybody's hands would have gone up. Summer this year was a season of change for all the kids, all the adult leaders, leaders, all of the Nicaraguans, and especially myself. I first got the permission to go on a trip to Montreat last year from my daughter, so I was able to do that, and then we went to Nicaragua, courtesy of Parker, who didn't like my sunburned head. Um, so. While we were there, in the 12 hours of Urban Serve, as Amy talked about, listening to their stories about the change that had taken place in those kids' lives that week, we began to change. I, like Amy, was dehydrated when the night ended. We cried a lot, listening to the stories of all these people. When we ventured on to Montreat, Jacob, the youth pastor, the new youth pastor, had sort of encouraged everyone to reach out and change, and more importantly, try to change somebody else in the community at Montreat. It was a message that we took through the week at Montreat, and we carried over to that week in Nicaragua. And I can say wholeheartedly, we succeeded. Change is inevitable. Change happens all the time. It's part of life. If we don't have change, we don't have growth, right? So while we were in Montreat, some of the change was to reach out to the kids there. And 
one of the quick stories from that is we have small group with a bunch of other kids and adults from other churches, and we were challenged to change them or to teach them change. We were able to do that with a lot of lives in those small groups. Jacob also asked them, reach out to the kids and bring them back on that last afternoon, and we'll have worship and games and time together. So they did. We had sort of this nice big family room, if you will, where all kinds of stuff took place. When Jacob showed up, the room was overflowing. There were less than 30 kids that went on the trip to Montreat. There were 60 plus children in that room that afternoon. Our kids, your kids, reached out into their lives and brought them into ours and showed them God's love. Those of us that went to Nicaragua, as you've heard, got to feel and receive the unconditional love of the Nicaraguans. And it taught us so much. It always does. But change is important. And in order to show that change is important, I'm going to change right now. So Jacob didn't think I had a dress shirt. But as a senior, I wanted to point out that I at least tucked mine in. Thank you all for your, your help and support and prayers. This is um, a table of celebration of God's love and forgiveness and acceptance. God is the host and we're all the invited, honored guests. So the scripture said people will come from the east and the west and north and the south, and so have we. And we are going to share this feast with Jesus our Lord. On the night of his arrest, Jesus took bread after giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you, take, eat, and remember me. In the same way after supper, Jesus also took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So friends, every time we eat this bread and we drink of this cup, we proclaim the death of our risen Lord until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. God of grace and love, it is our greatest joy to give you thanks. We praise you and call upon the heavens to be joyful and the earth be glad. We thank you for creating the world, for your promises to and your care of your people, and for Jesus Christ in whom we receive our salvation. We thank you for your active and loving presence in the world as you are with people in the midst of every kind of suffering and joy as our children and youth have witnessed. 
Bless and care for those caught in war and want in flood, we pray. Be with those who service who service for peace and justice and the gospel take them into places of danger. Especially be with soldiers and missionaries. We thank you for beauty and joy in life and for the wonderful display of the human spirit we have seen in the Olympics. Last but not least, O Lord, we thank you for this community of faith we call Church of the Palms, in which we live your grace and serve your people. Welcome us into your kingdom of heaven and to our 